Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Medina, how are you, my friend? Very good, Pamela. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I know you're out in Houston. I'm here in Boston. They kind of rhyme. All I know is the the main thing right now is that it's hot as hell in both places. (laughs) Especially Houston. I can only imagine. I think I saw somebody um, baking bread in a mailbox in Houston <laughs> most recently. They put they put it, you know, with the pan in their mailbox. And then, you know, one hour later, opened it up and there was a full loaf of bread. Yes, that's true. Today is a little better, 95. Uh, it was uh, 99 and 100, 102 uh, last week. So that's uh, but where I came from. I think it is uh, I feel at home. Really? Yeah, in India. So it's a hot and humid. I love that. I can't wait to get into your story in full detail, my friend. Seriously, you've got such an impressive story and what you've built in in the investing space is really, 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 really incredible. So I'm going to start off with my first question for you. Because I'm interested to know, like, how did this all start? We mentioned before the call, you came to Boston and you lived up in Lowell. This was the first place that you, this first state that you've been to. What inspired you on your journey to where you are today, my friend? I born and brought up in a really small village in uh, India, right? So uh, uh, village is like maybe there are not even 100 families there, maybe 50 families, I think, right? Wow. So uh, my parents are... They are into agriculture. We have we have some land, and that's that's pretty much our uh, bread and butter. Okay, and we had uh, we had no electricity in our village. I can imagine. So uh, until I went to college, we did not even have electricity. So uh, that's pretty much where I came from, right? So uh, I did okay in uh, school. I uh, went to college and undergrad, and also then I did uh, a masters because my dad wanted me to do a masters because I was not ready. I thought maybe I'll go and do some job because uh, he needs some help uh, financially. But he said, no, we had to do a master's because I did uh, pretty good in school. So I was, the government was paying me uh, to go to uh, uh, do my uh, master's. So that's how I finished the master's. Uh, Before I finished the master's, so uh, my dad uh, fixed the match actually. So he had, he found some girl. So I need to, uh, he said, you need to get married. Okay, so uh, that's what happened. And then I got a job in uh, in NDF. For, uh, I worked there for a year. And my company I was working for, they uh, shipped me to Boston. That's how I uh, landed here. So uh, again, uh, the, the story is that the job I was doing, whatever I saved up, they said, I'm going to uh, Boston. It's going to be really cold. I need to buy a bunch of um, winter clothing. So whatever the money I saved, I went and uh, did the shopping, okay? So uh, uh, that's pretty much my savings. And so uh, whatever the change I left with, I converted that into dollars in the airport. So I got uh, $20. Uh, so uh, so that's the, my uh, $20 story, actually. I just came to the U.S. with the $20. Wow. 
and what happened from from that point on you know <laughs> looking at what you've done now is like unbelievable it's so incredible you know and people of course look at you and they're like oh my goodness this is you know overnight success right but you and i know like uh, it was well trust me, you know, no overnight unless uh, you get the lottery or something so uh, even if you get the lottery not going to be a real success because most of the lottery winners end up being poor again, right? I came in as a uh, tech worker, uh, worked uh, with, with uh, my limited, uh, limited English and limited uh, knowledge. I had nobody in the U.S., pretty much no relatives, no friends. So I worked hard and luckily I got my uh, green card in a couple of years, okay, when I came in. Uh, after I got my green card, I was... Uh, trying to uh, do uh, my own uh, uh, freelancing kind of stuff, okay, being an IT worker. So the, my customer said, no, we cannot pay you directly, so you need to have your own corporation or something. So that's how I was forced to uh, open my corporation, actually. So I was, I was not even thinking about it. So uh, anyway, so fast forward, I become a U.S. citizen, got my contract with the U.S. Army, actually. So that's uh, um, that's where I moved to. Uh, um, actually, I was traveling to uh, uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, from Houston on a, on a weekly basis. And I was working on the project. And uh, my customer, uh, U.S. Army, they're a medical, uh, U.S. Army Medical uh, Command. They have some warehouses in other different countries. So I used to travel implementing a solution. So uh uh, that's I did that for 10 years. While I was doing that, I um, developed my uh, company. Remember, I was working for my own company as an employee. I was the only employee. So I developed that company, uh, developed the relationship in a DC in that government contracting market, companies like IBMs or uh, big companies, right? So uh, uh, got some subcontracting work, developed the past performance, you know, like to do work in the government, you need to have your past experience of working with them. It's like a cash 22 kind of stuff, right? And so the only way you can do that is being a subcontractor, small guy in a big project with a big company. So that's what I did and uh, developed the enough calls, qualifications you need. And so we start bidding on some of the projects. So um, again, we were successful. Uh, we have several uh, prime contracts right now, uh, close to 500 employees. Uh, we do work mostly with the Department of Defense. That's uh, uh, that's where uh, most of my 500 employees are working. So uh, that was my IT company. And uh, I hired a right team and I have a chief operating officer, a CFO, a lot of program managers, uh, vice presidents of operations. They do this day-to-day -day, um, operations of that company. So um, until COVID uh, hits, I was uh, traveling to D.C. every week. So when the COVID started, all my uh, meetings in D.C. got canceled. I didn't have to travel. So I was at home getting bored, actually. I had this real estate stuff uh, back of my mind. Uh, I should invest and I need to do get more deeper into the real estate, but I never had time to do it. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, because of my schedule, because me traveling uh, uh, to uh, D.C. every week. So uh, COVID helped me get into the real estate yeah one, I one, love was, that. one was i had a free time uh two um was because our it company is growing so i had to uh, uh find a way to um save save some uh uh income tax right so uh 
the best way to uh, uh, save taxes is to uh, get into more in real estate. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you already know that, right? So uh, with a lot of depreciations and uh, um, uh, other uh, tax benefits. Okay, that's exactly what I did. And uh, I just started small and uh, buying a bunch of uh, single-family homes uh, just to get some idea. I did close to 100 of them in one year. And I said, uh, too much uh, work uh, because uh, I could not scale up with the single-family. One closing, one at a time, it's very hard uh, going to title companies and doing the stuff, right? So I said, okay, I need to uh, scale up. So that's why we uh, I looked at the multifamily. So uh, apartment complexes. So I can just go there and buy 100, 200, 300 apartments with the one transaction, okay? So, uh, and also you have a dedicated team for that particular property. In the, in the single family, the single family homes are uh, spread out everywhere. Maintenance of that, it's a, it's a kind of a headache, right? Yeah, right. you know, Houston is, is so big. From one side of the Houston to the other side, takes more than an hour, okay? So uh, the multi, so the single family was, I could not scale up, so I moved to the multi-family because of that reason, uh, I scale up. Plus, I have a dedicated team at the property, like a maintenance people, property manager, uh, leasing assistants, uh, all of this. So fast forward, I, again, I started off uh, just investing myself, but uh, whatever uh, money I have, I could do only certain number of uh, um, properties. So what I did is like, okay, I'm already doing this for myself, saving taxes. Why can't I offer this to other people? Plus scale up, go and buy bigger properties and more properties. So I offered that to other high net worth uh, individuals who do not have time to go and do the investment in the real estate and take advantage of that. I'm like, they need, they don't, they had to go and look for the property, underwrite, go and do the loan, and also work with the rehab and manage those properties. That's like a full, more than a full-time job. If mm-hmm. you're an entrepreneur, uh, let's say you're doing some uh, IT work, or uh, right? So this is like, you do not have that much time to go and do it. So what I was just doing is, I already spent the time and invested money and time and I uh, already have a great team. Okay, why can't we offer this to other folks? They can take advantage of. Plus, they don't have to go and uh, fix those uh, toilets and uh, uh, take care of the day-to-day tenant issues. That's pretty much where the Macan Investment Group uh, came into existence, actually. Now we have around um, 3,500 units, around $350 million uh, assets, and we manage, again, continue to uh, underwrite, continue to look for the properties, would like to uh, continue to buy those properties. As we speak right now, I'm buying a $45 million, 330-unit apartment complex in uh, Katy, Texas, which is uh, which is a um, nicer neighborhood, actually. So uh, that's the one we are going through due diligence right now. I absolutely love that, Medina. Man, you've got a lot going on. And what an interesting journey going from IT to real estate and just everything. It's fascinating to me. Now, I want to reel it back just a little bit because we're going to connect all the dots here. What did you want to be when you grew up? Because you said you grew up in the village in India and there was no electricity. So like, what what was your motivation, you know, growing up? Like, what did you want to be? 
as an adult? Well, actually, honestly, when I um, when growing up, I really wanted to be a civil engineer. Okay, mm. I ended up in the computer side, but uh, I really wanted to be a civil engineer. So now it's kind of uh, all coming together because now we're building a new apartment complex. So I'm like kind of a playing the civil engineering side of it, but it was not. But growing up, I really wanted to be a civil engineer. Okay. So, That's so uh, cool. Yes. That's so cool. Oh, my goodness. And and who or what inspired you from a young age? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, my dad, pretty much. Uh, he, my dad was uh, not educated, but uh, he saw the future for me. Uh, you know, the parents have their instincts. So I... Uh, uh, he used to tell me that uh, when you grow up, I see you are going to spend more time in the air than on the ground. So now I was just sitting here and traveling. <laughs> I said, how how does he know when I was like a less than a 10-year-old that what I'm mm-hmm. going to be doing in when I grow up, right? I uh, We lost him, but I, I would just uh, wonder sometimes and say, how does he know? Okay, because I'm traveling wow. a lot, Okay. So uh, he's uneducated, so he has no idea about where the U.S. is and nothing, right? So he's just a, wow. just a small farmer, right? Uh, he just uh, wow. do the agriculture work. Okay, That's, a, that's incredible. Yeah. It's crazy how the parents have that instinct oh, and that intuition. Yeah. Yes. That's so fascinating. And then like coming to the U.S. too, because this is something that a lot of people – don't talk about right like they they talk about oh yeah you come here as land of opportunity yes it is but what would be through your experience what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced when you did get here and started basically building yourself right from the ground up if you will um because this none of this came overnight for you you know you worked very very hard to get where you are so for anybody who you know for all, all the immigrants out there that are maybe new to this country or you know thinking about coming here you know expats whatever they may be you know what were some of your biggest challenges and how did you overcome them? And what would be your advice to them? This is the only country in the whole world where you have freedom, uh, resources, uh, opportunities. If you honestly want to work work hard and uh, um, with honesty, obviously. Uh, So yes, there's no uh, limit uh, for the growth. Okay. And, uh, but if you are, just come here and say, okay, somebody help me out. Uh, that's not happening, right? So uh, for me, I just came with the fire in the belly and uh, as a passionate about, and also I never seen the money. So for me, money was not a motivation, first of all. I don't know mm, why. Because, I love that. Yeah, because where I came from, I never seen the money, okay? And obviously the the family background, uh, we, we hardly see the money, right? So for me, even today, uh, I don't, whatever I do, I don't look at the money side of it. Okay, I just, okay, I really like this one. It's a, a, a satisfaction, plus I'm helping other people. And also I, I'm just trying to prove that, okay, yes, there is a, uh, you could you could grow, okay? There's no limit. So it's kind of for somebody watching you say, okay, yes, this guy who's not that smart and, can't really speak, speak good English, but he's doing it. I should be able to do better than him. So I just want to be example. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much for me. Like it's not people. A lot of people say, okay, how much money did I make this month, uh, this year? 
I really, that was not my uh, measurement, actually. I, unfortunately, I don't know. Okay, maybe it's a good and bad, but uh, 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 that's the reason I think I have uh, uh, most of my employees, uh, they are uh, with me for a long time <clears throat> because I'm not looking at, I'm not talking in terms of uh, money uh, when I talk to them. So I talk to them, first of all, what is in there for them, why they should be working for me, right? So uh, I kind of more think from their point of view. Uh, I put myself in their shoes and say, I don't want you to just work for me. I don't want you to, if you are working from eight to five, I really don't want you to work for me, okay? So that I, that's why uh, when I bring in uh, folks, I look for that thing. So we, we are pretty much working all the time. I have a team, we're texting back and forth, they want it like 10 o'clock in the night. So it's not, nobody is looking, okay, hey, at five o'clock, <clears throat> I'm off, I'm going home, right? So we are, we are. So that's, uh, I try to, uh, example on this. And when we buy a property, like let's say we last one we bought was $120 million, right? So uh, I do bring in my um, my uh, executives as a, um, uh, as a partners. It could be a smaller percentage, but they are part of that, part of that property, part of that, uh, they do have some shares in that, company which owns that property okay so they feel the ownership because they're not eligible to invest in that property because we take only uh, according to SEC we take only the accredited investors who right. has a net worth was more than a million dollars and so you know that definition so but they are I made them make sure they are part they participate in that they do have some uh, uh, percentage of share in that property so they feel that uh, wow uh, yeah the the ownership of that so uh they're not working for somebody um eight to five kind of stuff even though they are w2 employees but i'm just trying to uh make sure they participate in that upside so when we sell the property down the road uh they do make uh, uh, good enough money and they say when they are working day to day, so they know that okay, hey, I'm working for myself partly, basically. Plus, you're getting paid for it, okay, right? Yes, I love that. I love that. I love that your motivation has always been not money, you know, because some people come here and it's like that's what it's about, and then you get, you know, then you think about like, oh my god, how much am I making this month? How much? So I love the mindset of like yeah. helping people and really helping build something solid. And, yeah. you know, and even in your company structure now that you offer that equity stake to your employees, I think that's really, really key. I think we're entering a time and place where people, you know, don't just want to work. They want to work somewhere where they feel appreciated that they're part of something and, and yeah. all of that. So I, I absolutely love that. I love that mindset. Yeah. yeah I, I'd never do any um, unilateral decision. I do bring the team in and I get uh, buy-in. Uh, so uh, that's uh, they again feel they're part of the decision making. So that's uh, uh, even on my other company or even real estate, pretty much I follow the same. And also uh, uh, I'm getting good at uh, scaling the companies. Okay, scaling the business. Okay, so uh, that's that's the main component is like identifying uh, who can do the stuff, right? So I never look for how can I do it. I always say, who can do this? Okay, so uh, I love that. Yeah, when you when you start looking at say um, 
I I try to look at the uh, forest instead of the trees. So uh, um, so that way you're not uh, drowned in that uh, details and you don't have time to go and see what other opportunities are out there. So uh, that's, that's what I hire people where I'm weak, actually. I'm not really detailed person, which is working out okay. Okay, so I'm looking at more strategic stuff, uh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Medina, I love that you mentioned that because I want to get back to how do you scale and delegate? But before we do that, you mentioned that you went from IT to real estate investing to multifamily real estate investing and COVID pushed you into that. So while most people were freaking out about life, you were building something new. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. So how did you make that pivot? Because so, you know, for some people, it could be super scary. If you're IT and real estate are, are very parallel realms, it feels like. So how yeah. did you make that jump? And what were your first steps in uh, in pivoting into that space? I had some idea about the real estate because I bought a few um, single family homes and one fourplex when, in 2010. I didn't have time. I gave it to some property management company to uh, manage it. So I get that monthly statement, say what problems are coming and stuff like that. So, uh, but I really know, uh, it's, I, I want to tell this again to your audience, real estate is not a rocket science. It's a very uh, basic, everybody, all of us have some knowledge about because you own or you rent a place, you pretty much know, okay? The only thing you yep. don't know is that, how do I get uh, funding? Uh, where do I get, uh, where can I borrow? And uh, uh, where can I get the equity? Okay, what if I cannot borrow? What can I do? There, there are ways. So they maybe don't know that piece, but otherwise, the real estate is pretty much uh, not the rocket science, right? So how I got in, I can. I had a little bit idea, and also I had the idea about getting deeper into real estate one day. Uh, but that one day I did not know. So the COVID uh, kind of brought that one day to me. Okay, that's, I went through a bunch of books online, spoke to some people who are in real estate, and also I invested as a passive in uh, somebody else's apartment complexes. Uh, so I kind of know um, the life cycle of uh, the apartment complex, uh, what they, how do they, how do you identify, how do you underwrite, Those, there are a lot of books on it, how do you asset manage it, how do you property management it. I do read and I pick up uh, stuff faster. Okay, so I I do read, by the way. So I plus I do talk to people. Okay, go to a couple of conferences, go to networking events. But again, at the uh, COVID time, there's not much going on. So the books are like pretty much my uh, uh, source of information. Okay, how do people rate the money? Okay, how do they rate the equity when you want to buy the property? Right. I read a lot of books, and the main thing is not that I said I'm not smart. So I start hiring who are doing the work in that space, okay? So I took almost a two years. Uh, remember, I bought a 3,500 units, which is like almost $350 million. So uh, we did not buy anything for last one year because I was I just wanted to make sure stabilize and build a strong team, build a strong foundation because mm-hmm. we are still just got started, okay? So $350 million is not much. Uh, so we where we want to go. So that's why I took a break for almost a year, building the team, building the processes, because I'm a um, technology guy, okay? I don't want anybody doing anything manual. So I want everything 
on the system. I want pretty much a real real time. If a dollar coming in or a dollar going out, I want that on the system show up right away. Okay, so nothing mm-hmm. off the record. Okay, so that's pretty much what we did, and now uh, I, um, we're just buying that uh, forty-five million dollar asset right now as we speak. And so we'll continue to buy more. And we, I have a strong team. We do underwrite every day. Uh, we get a lot of deals from uh, off market from uh, uh, bigger uh, brokers in town. Uh, most of them are nationwide companies. Uh, we do get uh, deals from Texas, Florida, and other companies, other uh, states. And we try to focus on the more like a landlord friendly states. Yeah, so you, you know which one I'm talking about. It's more uh, Republican states are like a, they are landlord friendly. So that's pretty much where we are. But right now we have uh, properties in Texas and also uh, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, so that's the only two states we have. But uh, going forward, uh, we'll be buying in Florida, uh, South and North Carolina, and uh, Georgia. That's uh, where we are going next. I absolutely love that, Medina. I love that. And what piece of advice would you give to anybody who's looking to start an investment fund or or anything like that out there or looking to invest into a fund? So I guess the investors and then those entrepreneurs that are looking to to start their own thing, because going from IT to real estate, it still blows my mind how you were able to make that pivot in so fast too. Both of them. Somebody wants to do the passive or somebody wants to say, okay, hey, you know what? I would like to uh, buy myself and uh, manage it. Uh, I still recommend you uh, invest in, it doesn't need to be with us, but uh, somebody who is buying a, a decent asset with a good uh, good returns, fundamentals, check the numbers, ask the questions, invest as a passive, invest a smaller amount, could be 50,000, 100,000. So you are part of the process. You learn a lot of things because you are part of those uh, uh, the webinars, you run through the deal, you look at the financials because we send the financials on a monthly basis. Okay. You know what, what we're doing at the property, how, what are the expenses? All the details come to you because you are a part owner. Even though you are a passive investor, you get all the details. So I would recommend you do at least one or two, uh, even if you want to do it on your own. So that way you learn faster. Okay. Instead of uh, reading a book, or you, you could pick a lot of things from the book. But if you are uh, a passive investor, let's say you, uh, let's say uh, the one we are doing right now, forty-five million dollars. Let's say you put a hundred thousand dollars. You are uh, um, uh, invited to the um, the deal uh, uh, analysis. You see where we are getting a loan, how much interest we are paying, what other expenses we are underwrote. Uh, what is the performer um, income is going to be? What is the expenses? You get a lot of those. Plus, you get a monthly statement, right? Okay, this is what we plan, performer. And when you get that monthly, you see how we are performing. So you learn a lot of things from that. Okay. So if I have a 300 unit apartment, how many people are working there? How many is a manager, assistant manager? How many maintenance guys? You get that knowledge because if you are part of it. Okay. So yes, for those two categories, whether you just want to be passive or if you want to be uh, go and buy it, just experiment that being a passive for at least one or two days. Okay. So or you partner with somebody who is buying it, 
So that way, now you are really in the technically not in a driver's seat, but you're a co-driver or a co-pilot, right? So you learn that way. Okay. Yes. I love that. I absolutely love that, Medina. And those are for those who want to invest in a in a fund. It's almost like they're 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 part owners and they're on the ride with you, which is really cool. But they don't have to do the actual work. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like a, in a co-pilot, right? So you are yeah. uh, you're watching what the pilot is doing, but you invested some money, or you don't have to technically sign the loan. But um, it's yeah. So we have a. We did uh, take a couple of people, but normally I do it myself. But if somebody come in and say, okay, hey, I want to uh, invest some, uh, learn. So we, uh, we bring in as a, uh, we call it a co-GP, it's a co-general uh, partner, okay? Yeah. So uh, uh, depends on what is his share is, uh, he doesn't need to even sign the loan, okay? So uh, the last uh, one I signed was $120 million we uh, borrowed. Uh, wow. So. Uh, I just I'm the only uh, I, I signed that one. Okay, so if somebody wants to learn, and again our website it's uh, uh, makaninvestmentgroup.com. Uh, uh, so they can just it'll take less than thirty seconds. Uh, they can just put their uh, uh, name and uh, contact information. Someone will get back to them right away. Okay, and uh, they they go into our database. Uh, if, if we are doing some free webinars, uh, how the multifamily works, or if we have a deal going on, we will uh, uh, invite people, listen to our uh, deal, how we underwrote, and uh, what this property is, what we are planning to do with the property, we go into detail on that. So you get the invitation for those uh, uh, webinars. Uh, you don't have to, if you are not ready, don't have to invest. But at least uh, uh, visit our website and register there. Okay, that's awesome, Medina. That's awesome. And for for the investors, the real estate uh, investors that are listening, you know, according to to your experience, what are some biggest tips um, when looking at a property? Like, how do you know it's a great investment property, right? Because now you've built a multifamily fund. You're at three hundred and fifty million in three years now. No, it's less than three years. Less uh, than three years. That's amazing. Yeah. Remember, we did not buy anything for the last 14 months. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's crazy. What is the hidden secret, Medina, of how you find these incredible <laughs> incredible yeah, again, investment you know, deals? Uh, again, as I said, that's not real secret. It's just a relationship with uh, uh, your real estate agents or your brokers in the area who are specialized in the multifamily. You know, you run into a lot of real estate agents. They do a single family homes uh, where you buy and uh, you live there or you rent it. But uh, there are uh, special brokers for all they do is a uh, uh, commercial multifamily. Okay. Yep. So there are at least four or five nationwide uh, uh, brokers. We do meet them. We do invite them for luncheons. Uh, we tell them what we're doing, what we're planning to do. So they love to, because once they know that you are serious and you can close the deals and you're growing. So obviously when they have a seller who wants to sell, let's say, a 500 unit apartment complex, first thing they call you and say, hey, uh, I have an off-market deal. Uh, do you um, want to take a look i say yeah uh, we because we have our uh, in-house underwriters my financial guys uh they took the uh rent roll and uh, uh the financial statement for last uh, trailing 12 months 
Uh, we put it in our model and see how it things comes up with all the expenses and rent growth in the area. Uh, we do that, plus we do the neighborhood. Uh, we check and uh, see how if there's any growth, is there any, who are the employers and who are the average income in that area. So so there are in the apartments, uh, uh, there are class A, class B, class C, and there are class Ds and uh, Es also, but we focus on the class B. Okay, it's uh, not the class A, but the class B. Okay, class B is like pretty much uh, um, where uh, it's not really fancy, fancy apartment, but this is a workforce uh, living. Okay, uh, yeah. so uh, we just, uh, our goal is to provide a safe, secure, and clean uh, environment for our uh, tenants. That's pretty much what we do. They're all uh, um, workforce uh, tenants actually for us. So that's uh, class B. And also when we take the class B, we look at that property. Is there any value add? Value add means, can I go there and uh, upgrade the units? Okay, can I go and put the granite countertops or change the cabinets or change the flooring, put the vinyl flooring, okay? So uh, uh, is there any other thing I can add? Okay, can I go and add some the dog park or that that kind of stuff. We look at it and say, what can I do? Go. I don't want to just buy something and just sit at the property and collect the rent. So we don't do that. We When you look at the apartment, there is opportunity to make this from class B to class B plus, okay? And when we do that, and, uh, and we also increase the rent because when you obviously spend the money and we are giving a better uh, uh, better unit for my tenant, they don't mind paying another $100 or $150 or $200 based on what we did to the unit. Uh, so that's how we increase the value of the property. So when you increase the income, your net operating income goes up, keeping the expenses same. Uh, so that means you are increasing the value of the property. That's the business plan, actually. So it's again, it's not that difficult, but you need to identify Again, good location. Obviously, you know the real estate is a good location. Location, location. And uh, again, have a good team. Uh, your property manager, assistant manager, take mm-hmm. care of the, they genuinely take care of the tenants, okay? Because all they're looking, they're paying the rent, right? When they need right. you, you have there, okay? So uh, that's pretty much what I uh, trying to do that, okay? And uh, again, as I said, we implement the systems uh, the rents, uh, no no uh, collection in the office, no uh, money orders, no checks, no cash. It's all online. Okay, so uh, go straight to the bank and everything is uh, black and white, right? So uh, that's we keep it clean, professional, uh, because we want to grow to a uh, uh, multi-billion dollar company. We, we do this when you're small. It's a lot easier having these processes work implement when you are small when you're big uh, it's very hard to uh, do it because uh, people don't people don't like it if you try to add some processes down the road so we do that when you are small that's exactly what we did i absolutely love that medina that's fascinating and i love that you will you did niche too right like you focused on workforce housing which is which is incredible so you really want to like target down yes i love that so, and again, uh, um, the new thing we are doing, uh, me, I always need to, I want to do something new. So uh, instead of buying, selling this uh, uh, 1980s, 1990s product, 
what we are doing is we are identifying uh, land in the and the uh, growth potential areas. Mm-hmm. We buy the land, we uh, entitle it, we get the zoning, uh, get the uh, conceptual plans, civil plans. So we kind of are trying to build a multifamily apartment complexes. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a. Uh, uh, that's like a hundred percent, more than hundred percent value add. Remember that if I'm buying an existing property, all I'm doing is I'm changing outside uh, uh, paint or something or interior uh, countertops or your uh, cabinets and flooring. The you are kind of uh, and then uh, stainless steel appliances. You are limited what you can do. But if you are right. doing something from ground up, so th- there's you can do a lot of uh, amenities and. Uh, uh, attract the new uh, the uh, customers, actually the tenants. So we are trying to do that one. And also there is uh, uh, supposed to be uh, you have you are creating more value uh, going from dirt to uh, some beautiful building. That's that's uh, uh, the the great satisfaction you get uh, doing that. So we are doing a new construction uh, for just a multifamily. Plus the the variation of that is uh, uh, senior living. So uh, as you know, in US, there are a lot of aging population. They do need some senior living, assisted living kind of places. So it's like a multifamily, but a little bit more services. Yeah, uh, the, yeah the, the food service and the, uh, the, um, the other support staff. So that's, we have two projects right now um, in the Northwest Houston, okay? So, uh, uh, we are uh, in the final stages of uh, finalizing the design and going for the um, the loan and the uh, groundbreak stuff. So uh, that's, that's the other thing we are doing. Okay, again, as I said, we are, uh, God willing, we will be uh, uh, growing. Uh, but again, for me, I'm not worried. It's uh, with the good intentions and uh, um, we will grow. Okay, so. Uh, I love that. I love that, Medina. I love that. You were mentioning like the systems and processes are really like the key to delegation. Yeah. And now you're getting into a different model, which is yeah. like very complementary to what you're doing. It's very, yeah. you know, it's just it adding a few more services and things like that, which I <laughs> love. I love Medina, your, your real estate journey is really, really remarkable and incredible. Just so your whole journey in general. And yeah. this is my favorite question for you, uh, yeah. which I love. And you can take this business personal, whatever it is. But what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? So uh, me, uh, again, as a uh, where I came from with the uh, humble beginning, right? So uh, I want to do something big, but I did not have a, a resources. So I would say I should have started early on. Okay. When I, I came here when I was uh, 24, when I turned 24, but when you are, when you are that age, you are offered to make a lot of mistakes. And uh, right where I am right now, I can make a lot of mistakes, but I'm still taking a risk every day, right? Right. But that's it. No risk, no reward. And uh, also, uh, otherwise, it will be boring. Okay. So, yes, if I was uh, at the age of 24, I would have started, gone in uh if I knew some people with, with the resources who can support you, yeah. But uh, I did not know there is a uh, there are a lot of people with the money. They don't know what to do with that, and so they are looking for somebody like me to come in and say, "Okay, hey, come up with the idea, multiply my money." Okay, I don't want to do anything. I want to play golf, right? So uh, 
I did not know that. So again, where I came from, so that was that was the thing. I, I wish I knew that. Okay, yes, there are more opportunities, and you could uh, do great things actually here. Again, the the environment, uh, uh, everything, the, your, your the government support and your uh, entrepreneur stuff. You can shine actually, as you know. There are a lot of successful people here. Okay, I'm not saying I'm really successful, but I'm throwing my own way where I came from, I think I can do a lot better actually. So I'm I'm striving for that every day. Right. And to start sooner. That's the goal is to start, yeah, start sooner. sooner. Yes. Love if that. You, if you're in a, a high school or you're in a college, yeah, start looking for that. So because technically you don't have to work for somebody. So you could you could work for yourself. Okay. Right. In oh. the beginning it looked like a scary thought, but Trust me, that will teach you a lot of things. Okay, so uh, when you're working for somebody, you are in shadow of a big corporation. So you, a lot of things are taken care of for you. You don't know what's going on behind the scene, right? But when you right. have your own little corporation, now you are the CEO, you are the uh, admin person, you are the accountant, you are any everything. Okay, so you mm -hmm. learn faster. That's my advice for folks. Uh, uh, we're still in the college or high school. Right. I love that. I love that, Medina. Oh my goodness. It's been so cool to hear your story, where you started, how you've pivoted, where you are now, all the tips and tricks to how you've been building this incredible company in less than three years. Like I'm just, Thank you so much for sharing your story here today. And oh my goodness, I can't wait to see what you do from, from here on out with these new builds and the assisted livings and all of that stuff. And now you've got to let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness, Adina. This is the, our company website. It's uh, uh, Macan, uh, M-A-K-A-A-N, uh, investmentgroup.com. It's a one word. Uh, so uh, uh, so we have contact information on the website and uh, also uh, our uh, deals, upcoming deals, uh, all the events will be there. Again, it takes uh, less than 30 seconds, I promise. Uh, you just put your uh, um, name and uh, contact info, like it could be email or phone number, and just uh, submit it, it goes to our CRM. Uh, you will be in a distribution. Again, you, if you get tired of, you can always uh, uh, unsubscribe. <laughs> but I would say, it's a really good information. We have a lot of uh, free webinars, how this multifamily thing works and how uh, the ways of investing your uh, 401ks or your uh, IRAs, right? So there, there are a lot of uh, tips you can uh, pick up even though you are not ready to invest in that. Even you don't have resources to invest right now, it's always good to uh, uh, hear Okay, hey, this is a possibility there, and uh, maybe when I grow up, I want to invest or I want to uh, uh, do my own real estate. So uh, I would recommend people to uh, register on the website and uh, uh, listen to our uh, folks. Okay, we do that uh, monthly free webinar on the multifamily investing, and also we sometimes we bring uh, some CPAs, uh, financial strategists. They have a lot of information to share. So. Uh, I would say uh, just, just register on the website. I love that. I love that, Medina. Thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your story, your wisdom, everything, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Hopefully we'll uh, meet again. 
Absolutely. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Underdogs, 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 underdogs.